0: Hi everybody, this is Madeline, one of the hosts of the podcast you're about to listen to. I would really like to thank all of you for downloading this episode, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I do want to apologize before you listen to the episode. At the time that we were recording it, I didn't yet own a microphone, but as you can tell right now, I have one and I sound so much better. But uh, yeah, so... Apologies to the listeners, apologies to our editor, Zappa, who tried his best to make me not sound like I was on the other end of a very bad Skype call. Uh, There are a few housekeeping things I would like to go over as far as contacting us and credits for the episode, Uh, but I've rambled on long enough for now, so I'll catch you guys at the end of the episode. For now, please enjoy the debut episode of That's Wild.
1: Uh, okay. I, uh, I don't I'll, I'll follow your lead, I guess. All right.
2: Uh, that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> Uh, okay this is the start of the podcast hi hello how are you lydia
1: i'm fine how are you
2: i'm very good and uh we should we should introduce ourselves to any any listeners who may be joining us
1: okay you start
2: oh okay uh i'm madeline (laughs) and i am not qualified to talk about animals in any capacity
1: My name's Lydia. I'm mildly qualified. And together...
2: (laughs) We are partially qualified to talk about... We
1: are semi-qualified.
2: To do a podcast on animals. I have
1: a blog.
2: Yeah, you have a (laughs) blog, and I have a blog that's not related
1: to animals. (laughs) Whatsoever. But I listen to podcasts a lot. (laughs) She does listen to podcasts a lot. I almost exclusively listen to podcasts, actually. I'm trying out my sultry voice. <laughs> I can tell
2: it's very seductive. Um, I'm sure you can
1: hear my chair creaking a lot, so that should also be fun.
2: Yeah, I'll edit it out. I'll actually just select all chair squeaking noises. Uh, deal with it in post. Yeah, or maybe our audience will just have to
1: deal with chair squeaks. Yeah, I'm just very wiggly.
2: Uh, so. Since this is our inaugural episode, uh, I figured I would share Sh- with sure you... Sure to be one of many. Yeah, sure to be one in
1: a very long <laughs> series of
2: podcasts. Uh, who knows? Maybe people will like it. Um, I figured I would start us off with a very fun story about animals. Uh, to just very fun. To just get us going. A very wild story, if you will.
1: I wonder what uh, animal is going to be.
2: Uh, well... It's one of your favorites, and (gasps) one of mine. (laughs) Uh, As you may know, my mother grew up in Colombia, in a city called Barranquilla, which is...
1: That's wild. Yeah, super wild. (laughs) Uh,
2: And they had, like, a nice house there, and the neighbors had these big banana trees. Leah, if you live in a tropical city in South America, what do... Banana trees attract a lot of. Hint, um. Lydia, you already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this when we were prepping for the show. You know the answer. <laughs> I,
1: I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if I'm, like, supposed to know in, in fiction at this point. <laughs> it,
2: it, just go for it.
1: <laughs> Is it, um... Bats.
2: Yes, it is. It is lots of bats. The answer is like crazy amounts of bats. Um, That's a lot of bats. And uh, in Colombia, air conditioning was not a thing people generally had in their houses when my mom was growing up. So people just had their windows open all the time. And uh, these bats would just fly into the house. They would, they had a route that they would go through um, habitually. They would come in through the upstairs bathroom. Uh, fly down the stairs, and then go out through the downstairs bathroom. And it happened enough that everyone in my mom's family just kind of like, eh, they didn't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a problem for a later day. Uh, until my the Stella married a gringo, Ed, from Chicago.
1: And gringos. I mean, oops, we're not swearing. <laughs> oh,
2: we're not swearing, Lydia. It's fine, I'll put some fun... Animal noise oh! over it. <laughs> no one knows <laughs> what you said.
1: <laughs>
2: and, uh... And so the... Uh, Theo Ed was upstairs in the bathroom, and, uh... A bat just flew into the bathroom while he was using it, and he was terrified out of his wits. He just ran downstairs screaming, Pajarito! Pajarito! Which means, bird, bird! Because he didn't mm. know the word for bat. And, uh... Well... Eventually, they got rid of the tree. They called it an exterminator.
1: Aww, oh, rude!
2: Well, there were hundreds of dead bats in the ceiling, so. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. you know it's a circle of life. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you just gotta take a shot and there's a bat. Oh, sh- swear again! <laughs> I'm so bad at this.
2: I'm running out of animal noises to kind of- <laughs> <laughs> kind of with.
1: Oh, um. Well, anyway. Bathroom bats. <laughs> so, That's so a good story. Um, the strongest species. Yeah, I mean... What is, it is, what is the physically
2: strongest species of bat? Like, what is
1: the, the physically strongest? That's a tough one, because they are quite strong in general. Their arms, although their legs are pathetic, a lot of them uh, can't, some, some species can't even um, crawl because their legs are so weak um saddest so and <laughs> huh
2: that's the saddest thing i've ever heard
1: i know it's they're like little like dried spaghetti noodles of legs oh. um and all they can do is hang upside down from them they can't even use them not all some species are good crawlers um and some can even like run and jump like vampire bats can't but um then it, they are they're uh, all they're built like little triangles, and they skip leg day basically is what they do because all of their muscle is centered up in the shoulders and the arms. Um, and the, when not all bats can take off from the ground, but when they do, they will actually instead of pushing with their legs, they'll push with their arms. So I actually found a cool slow motion video. Not that we can show that on a podcast of a bat, and you can clearly see it like doing an intense push up. That, um, makes it fly up from the ground. Oh, boy. (laughs) So they are strong, um, and actually when we would, um, uh, misnet for them, uh, some species, you would have to be careful how you held them, because, uh, if you held them by their wings, or in some inappropriate way, then they could actually, from trying to get away, they could actually break their own, um, arms from their own strength. I know. That didn't happen, though. We were careful. But yeah, it was. it's a cautionary tale. <laughs>
2: That's like in... <laughs> I'm about to say something really stupid. That's like in Boku no Hero Academy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, bats are like the main character of, of Boku no Hero Academy.
2: Where he's um, so strong.
1: <laughs> they are too strong. They, they were given all is one. Or one for all. Yeah, one for all.
2: Wow. I've One for been, all, and,
1: and they don't know how to control it yet.
2: I've never been intimidated by a bat, but now I'm thinking, like, oh my god, what if I got punched by a bat? Like,
1: <laughs> they actually, when, um, at least when Teropis species, which are, like, the flying foxes and their kin, um, they will actually, uh... Not with fists because obviously their fist is a wing, but with their wrists and their thumbs, they will box with each other. Oh! So they will actually like pew, 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 with their little wrists and thumbs. <laughs> it's really funny to watch, actually. Although it does hurt because I I have gotten punched by a bat. It, it is painful. <laughs> uh, but these are these are large bats. These are your uh, five foot wingspan bats. Oh, so.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez, these are like crime-fighting bats, or Yes, they, they could,
1: bats. yes.
2: Depends on um, if they're chaotic evil or not.
1: <laughs> no, they, they're, they're good bats. They're good bats, Brent.
2: Oh, I love them. They're uh, so good. So where do bats come from?
1: Um, well, they are present on every continent except Antarctica. So they they're from the everywhere. Um, they are the, is it the third or fourth? They're one of the most diverse groups of mammals. Rodents is obviously the first one because there's like 18 million generic mouse versions. I thought,
2: I thought bugs were the most diverse
1: group of. Bugs are not mammals.
2: Oh, you said mammals. I thought you said animals.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're just getting a, a few natural history lessons in here today.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> today so, I learned. Bugs aren't
1: mammals. <laughs> it's true. Yes, yeah. um, insects are or arthropods are definitely the most diverse order of animals. But um, among mammals, which are the uh, the titty animals, I mean the um, <laughs> does that
2: count as a swear? The boobid, the boobid animals,
1: the um the the nipple boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> except not all mammals have nipples some just sweat milk anyway like
2: platypus. I knew that one. yes
1: there you go you got it that's yes. wild platypus
2: um is like god's mistake we'll talk about that on a later date <laughs>
1: um but uh anyway so they're among the most diverse orders of mammals i can't remember if it's third or fourth um or might be second i don't know but there's um 1300 plus species of bats Jesus. out there There are quite a lot of bats, um, and uh, they um, kind of have mysterious origins, um, because when you look at the fossil record, part of the problem is that um, the early bats are very tiny, and their bones are very delicate, because they actually have bendy bones, Mm -hmm. um, because they just have less calcium, Mm -hmm. and this helps them fly, because their bones are like a flexible kind of frame for their wings. Um, but it also means they fossilize, uh, it's harder for them to fossilize. Um, so, you kind of have a, a, a triple threat here, um, very tiny, hard to fossilize, and, uh, yeah, that's a double threat. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, yes, so the fossil record is not great. Um, most of the bats you see in the fossil record kind of just spring out of nowhere, like already bats, so there's not many transitional forms, um, there are a couple. There's, um, Onik... I'm not gonna pronounce this, this guy right, but, um, Oni Onikai Oni Nicteris Don't quote me on that. Um, but he... This, this fella actually had claws on all the wing digits. Modern bats will either have no claws except for on the thumb or the thumb on the first digit. He had a long tail. He had more robust legs. Um... But you don't really get any less unbat like than that. So we don't know what their earliest pre, like, did they glide down from the trees? Did they, you know, were they, um, <clears throat> did they start flapping just straight from the ground? Were they like flying squirrels or kalugos? Or what was their deal? We don't know. Um, and recently they've done genetic analysis and originally they thought bats were close relatives of modern primates. Uh, this is not true. They actually are so far removed from the rest of the um, Scrotifera, which is the mammals with scrotums.
2: Oh, I can't believe we um, have an entire name for just animals. Oh yeah, with there, there's the
1: scrope mammals, and then there's the no scrope mammals. The um, that's
2: like that's like shirts versus skins, like scrotes mm-hmm.
1: versus scrot. <laughs> exactly. Um, the wildest game yeah, can- of basketball. Mammals decided to just pop the balls out. Um, that's a whole other topic of why we did that. That was a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, we'll
2: do another episode on scrotums later.
1: <laughs> on scrots. Good old Scroats. Anyway, um, we could talk about tanuki or something.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, God, I love them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> speaking of scrots. Um, so, scrotifera happened. Suddenly, balls. And then after that, um, it, the Mammals split into ferre, um, which is the you know the carnivore group, and then ungulates, which is the hoofed animal group. Um, but before that happened, bats split off. So oh. they are so they don't have any close living relatives. Their closest living relatives are literally all the mammal carnivores and all the hoofed mammals.
2: Are they closely related to flying squirrels?
1: No. Nope, Those are rodents. Those are um out, outside of the uh the uh, now I need to look at the phylograph. Uh, but um no, flying okay. squirrels are rodents.
2: Okay. Well,
1: so it are not like rodents. We have
2: a bit of a mystery on our hands as to where they come from. Yes. But uh the the Cherokee actually uh
1: Okay. Do they know?
2: Yeah, they know. They Oh, well, they, there you go. They have a, a nice handy story to tell us. Um, so according to the Cherokee legend, uh, there was a game of ball. It didn't say what kind of ball. There's a lot of stories about bats that involve ball games.
1: Well, <laughs> given the bats that I knew, um, that makes sense because they are a very ball-centric species. Well... <laughs>
2: that's another fun that's wild that's another fun fact
1: about you could say that Bala's love Bala's life yeah
2: ball is definitely life when bats are concerned so mm-hmm. uh the cherokee basically according to this legend i don't know if it still holds up if you're cherokee and you know please also if you're cherokee, please phone in yeah. call
1: 1-800 that's wild yeah
2: if you're cherokee <laughs> and any, and i'm telling any part of the story wrong hit me up let me know but, uh, don't hit me
1: up because I had nothing to do with this. Yeah,
2: don't talk to Lydia. She doesn't <laughs> She doesn't know anything about anything.
1: Uh, I know nothing.
2: Except bats. Anyway.
1: I do so, know a lot about bats. Uh,
2: so in this legend, the animals and birds were two separate groups. Uh, two different classifications. Uh, animals were like four-legged and birds could fly. That was essentially the distinction. Um, and... The animals challenged the birds to this game of ball. And the animals were convinced they were going to win because they had the best team comp. They had deer, who was really fat. comp. Bear, who was essentially like. A bear? Yeah, like strong. (laughs) And then a (laughs) terrapin, which is like a turtle, right?
1: That's correct.
2: Uh, And it was like basically Reinhardt from Overwatch. Like it had a. It was like super. All his points in defense. I don't know who that is. Well, he's got a shield. (laughs) Got it. And the birds were like super agile and quick and stuff, but they were nervous because the animals were so tough. Um, And basically, like right before the match begins, these two little animals, and it described them as being kind of like field mice, came running up the tree where the birds were. And they were like, hey, can we join your team? And the birds were like, well, you have four legs. You should join the animals. And they were like, "Well, the animals laughed at us because we were so tiny, so we wanted to ask you if we could play." And so the birds turned to the captain of the bird team, Awohali. Uh He was
1: an eagle. And what? Uh, what? He was an eagle. Yes. Okay, I'm am painting a mental word picture yes. here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they turned to the eagle, and he was will. Will like, you animate this? Maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's to consider anyway. I'll sorry tell you for a interrupting. a picture picture. yeah draw me like an actual picture
2: yeah so they turned to uh, the eagle and he was like yeah sure uh I guess he took (laughs) it on me why not I mean (laughs) (laughs) please stop
1: cursing (laughs) I can't help it (laughs)
2: I'm surprised it's you and not me because I swear like a sailor anyway so eagle was like yeah sure uh but you guys can't fly so we're gonna have to fix that so they found a drum and they took like the the leather part of the drum like the the drummy part and they stretched it onto the, the forearm of one okay. of the field mice. And he became the first bat. And then they turned wow. to the other one and they were like, we don't have any more drums. And so another bird was like, I have an idea. Why don't we just stretch his skin like we stretched the drum? <laughs> so they used their beaks to stretch out his skin between his, his forearms and his hind legs. And... That's how the flying squirrel was born. Oh. <laughs> so Well, how about that? Yeah. So the flying squirrel, the bat, and the birds won. They beat the animals. The end.
1: Uh no, no further, like what happened? Did the were the animals pissed off? Like
2: no. were they <laughs> I
1: mean, were they hangry? Um
2: I I I don't know.
1: Because I think I've heard parts of this. The books, the Silverwing books, which are like the only children's books on about like anthropomorphized bats that are like nice. Um, yeah. Some, most of them are they're nice. They're
2: also super anthropological. Good anthropological <laughs> references for Cherokee legends.
1: Well, because this legend is um, mentioned in them. And I don't know if this is Kenneth Oppel's like fanfic. Uh, but <laughs> <This> <laughs> or, like Cherokee, Cherokee legend fanfic. fanfic, but um, there's something about like, mm, I'm trying to remember what happened in those books. Um, something about like then the animals and the birds both decided to hate bats. Oh, but I don't know if that was just his addition to that.
2: Well, I but don't it is a very
1: it, interesting myth.
2: It is. I hesitate to call. Well, that's the thing. I hesitate to call any story from a culture that I don't belong to a myth.
1: True, true.
2: I can't, like, with regards to the Cherokee, I don't know what sort of stories what, are... What's modern. Right, what's modern, yeah. what's still believed. I mean, with Christianity, because like I'm Catholic, so I can be like, alright, well, the story of Adam and Eve is a myth, because like theologians agree, well, it's probably not true. But to, like, Baptists... Well, depends on who you ask. Yeah, if you ask a Baptist... <laughs> they believe that since it was in the bible it's true so it's not a myth yeah so it it depends and people call like hindu stories like myths too but there's like hindu people who don't believe that they're myths they believe that they're legends yeah you are absolutely right
1: i have learned a cultural sensitivity thing
2: yeah so i'm gonna try to avoid the word myth and i'm gonna stick to words like folklore legend oral tradition Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm just so that
1: because those are less patronizing.
2: Uh, those are less, like, implying <laughs> that I think that these things are false or that mm-hmm. I think that these things are not believed As, anymore. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Good, it's good. I'll try to do that too, but I, I will probably forget, so correct me.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I think we covered the origin of bats pretty thoroughly.
1: I mean, <laughs> we, we yeah, if only we knew. If only there was a better fossil record. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they are kind of mysterious critters. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you could say that it, somebody just took the top of a drum and stretched it over their wings. Although, uh, I will say, as someone who has touched a bat bat's wings, no. um, they are not leathery. That is not how they feel. Uh, if I could Mm, just, they're very soft and very smooth. Um, if I could describe how they feel, it's kind of like warm plastic wrap,
2: but not sticky. (laughs) That's not a feeling I would have ascribed to bat wings.
1: They are, I mean, if you put your finger, like they are very malleable and they actually have, um, They have lines of muscle throughout the wing, as well as, like, veins and stuff. Really? Um, Yes, and they allow them to, like, stiffen or soften the uh, skin of the wing. Wow. I mean, their wings are actually literally um, two... When they form in the embryo, they're two, basically, um, sides of the skin, and then there's just no organs inside. So it's just, like, two... uh, like if you were shrink, if you were like shrink wrapping a bat, it's just like their skin was shrink wrapped around their fingers, and that's all that's there, and and there are veins and muscle, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'm describing this well.
2: That's <laughs> wild, that is like not how I, because to me they just look like like flat, translucent, just like stretches of like leather or something. Wow. Okay. No. Yeah.
1: it it, it is very interesting. Um, because. They, um, they're very stretchy, um, they're very, um, malleable, like, like I said, they can stiffen or soften them. Would you, um, would
2: you describe it as, like, like a flap of skin? Just like a loose flap
1: of skin? Well, it is is literally, literally skin, yeah, but it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, but it's very soft skin, um, I think one of the people, uh, I worked with at one of the places I work with, would describe it as like if you feel the very back of your earlobe, like that level of soft. But I think it's even softer than that. Um, oh, that's very but kids, dumb. if you do that, yeah, it's so soft, so soft.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like stroking um, my earlobe right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody do it. Um, yeah,
2: give it a go. Oh, and while while stroke. you're
1: stroking your earlobe. Um this is another fun thing that humans and bats both have. You might have to take out an earbud to do this, kids. Um if you feel up to the um ear near where the ear canal starts, you'll notice there's two little nubs in your ear. Do you feel them?
2: Uh is it the tragus? Is that what you're getting at?
1: Yes, I am getting at the tragus. Um there's the tragus and then there's the antitragus. So like where you would get a tragus piercing, um, that's actually a very important anatomical feature for bats, um, and they are among some of the only animals besides human to have this little adaptation, um, this little nub, except theirs are usually much bigger than ours. So that's another fun bat fact for you. Um, and it's how you tell a lot of bat species apart, is they have different shaped traguses, Tragi. What does the tragus do? Uh, that is a good question. The tragus um, helps us determine where the direction that sound is coming from. Oh, so it—I um, forget if it delays sound coming forward or sound coming backward. Um, but it it makes sounds from in front of us sound different from sounds from behind us. Basically. Oh,
2: okay, so then. Does it help with like ep- echolocation?
1: Yes. Um, and y- there are some wild tragus shapes. And some bats have very big ears. And they will also have very big, weird-shaped tragus. Like they're like mushroom-shaped tragus. or are tragus with tragei, tra- uh Traguses. Uh, with two lobes to them. Or like heart-shaped. It's very wild. Is
2: there some- I just found a lot of pictures of like tragus piercings with bats on them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, what can you tell me about vampire bats? Because I feel like if we don't talk about them, we're gonna get some angry emails. So. Mm, mm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, I could tell you a lot of things about vampire bats. Um, they there are three species among all the bats. There are three uh, species that we call vampire bats. They all live in Central America. Um, so basically the vampire myth and the association that vampires have with bats bats, not vats, um, started in Eastern Europe before the Eastern Europeans knew that they were blood-drinking bats. So the two are actually not really related, but then the Europeans came over and like, hey, that's a bat that drinks blood. Dracula is true. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) wild. Um, and they are, all, they are all quite small. They are smaller than your fist. Um, they're, and with their wings closed. Their bodies are, basically. Um, and they're, um, they are all members of a group called the New World Leaf Nose Bats, which means they have a very funny-shaped nose. Um, it's, um, that, help, they, that helps them echolocate. And, in fact, this group of bats actually makes their echolocation noises through their nose.
2: Oh, so they so are cute. literally,
1: like, g- tootling their snoodlins as they're flying around. Is
2: that the scientific word for it? Toodling yes.
1: their Yes. <laughs> We're very scientific here, and that is the correct scientific terminology. They are they're just playing their little nose trumpets as they go around. I think i,
2: think I a picture of one. What's the scientific word for blowjob? Because <laughs> I think um, I found one of those, like, Googling vampire men.
1: What are you? What are you looking at? Send it to me.
2: Well, I googled vampire, but oh, you know what? He might just be sucking blood. <laughs> this is like a super weird picture.
1: <laughs> Send it to me. I must see.
2: No, I think that's just like a bloody tongue, but it definitely looks like a ding-a-ling.
1: I think that you just have ding-a-lings on the brain twenty four seven. That's illegal. It's illegal. To think <laughs> that's illegal. Yes. No, that is his tongue. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you could tongue. actually see it. A ding a ling from that. Okay, um, well, the that's picture quite picture was very,
2: very small when I first looked at <laughs> it. <laughs> I clicked on it to make it bigger, and then I realized, never mind. That's a bloody
1: tongue. <laughs> it is. It is quite yeah, okay. Anyway, they um. <laughs> we'll just
2: edit that out so I don't look like a doofus.
1: <laughs> well, no, Barry, keep it in. Um, <laughs> keep it in, Barry. Um. Well, okay, so let's talk about their little tongues then. So we know they turtle from tell their our, snoodles.
2: About those fun stories about bat fellatio that you've told me about many times before. Well,
1: it would be more difficult for vampire bats to do bat fellatio because they don't tend to live in multi male groups, or when they do, there's like a gender disparity. Anyway, I don't actually know too much about vampire bat sex. So shockingly, I know a lot about other bat sex. We'll
2: get into bat sex after you finish telling me about vampire bats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so other fun facial adaptations vampire bats have are their tongues, which look like tongues and not anything else. Um, they actually have a groove on the underside of their tongue that helps them lap up blood. It will, like, draw the blood up through capillary action. And they do lap. They do not suck blood. Um, yeah, they and if, Billy and Mandy. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> Drag don't suck, he's and lick. Well, they don't scrape. Um, they, um, well, they do bite. Um, and what they'll do, actually, is they don't bite into animals with their canines. They actually bite with their two front teeth, which yeah, are very sharp. Are so you'll mindless. notice, if you look at pictures of vampire bats, they have these two really cute little buck teeth. And that is what they use to open up the skin, so the only vampire movie that got that right is Nosferatu.
2: Yes. I he, has, he,
1: he has his big old, his little vampire bat buck teeth going on there. Um, and, uh, let's see. They, um, are also good at, the, on their noses, they have the ability to sense body heat, so they'll go to places on an animal where there's the most, like, heat, so the blood is closest to the skin. Um... And, uh, excuse me, let me adjust my chair. Um, they, uh, they tend to prey on large hoofed animals, um, which used to be, yeah, like cows, um, which used to be deer and, and forest animals and such. But since humans moved into Central America, they just, boy, howdy, they love cows. (laughs) Um, and they'll just go and usually it'll be on the foot of the cow Um, and just take a little nip, take a little lick, and the animal usually doesn't even wake up. Now this is, we're talking only about one species of vampire bats when I say they are going after your cows. This is um, Desmodus rotundus, the common vampire bat. Um, There are two other species of vampire bats, one that will go after both mammals and birds, and one that basically only goes after birds. Um, and these are, um, the white-winged vampire bat, and I think it's the hairy-legged vampire bat, um, is the other species. Um, and the, is it the, one of these species actually is, has gotten very good at tricking chickens. (laughs) (laughs) They really like chickens, and they have, they have some different chicken strats. I
2: have to say, I feel like it's not hard to trick a chicken. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well yes yes and no um <laughs> um one species uh de- goes after roosting birds and will just bite their little bird foots or their um little bird cloacas whoa and, which, where, where the skin is thin and just have a little butt blood um little bird butt blood That's risky yeah <laughs> Um, but the other species, which I think is the hairy legged vampire bat, it could be, the, I don't know, but I'm going with hairy legged. Um, they actually have learned um, to either uh, go up close to the brood patch of a chicken who has chicks and pretend to be a chick. Oh my god. So they can get under, because chickens have a bare patch of skin right. called the brood patch, and so they get on, un- they snuggle with the chicken, and the chicken's like, "Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful hideous goblin chick I have," and we'll let them <laughs> snuggle, and then they'll just
2: powerful son.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> my hideous beautiful son, um, and we'll just have a little drink from the from the brood patch, or they will land on a particular spot on the chicken's back, which makes them exhibit lordosis which is oh a, no I know yes that oh yes and which is the time for sex posture and the chicken will be sitting in this patiently in this time for sex posture as the bat has a little drinky and and then loves her and leaves her
2: whoa that's and I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i genuinely was about to say that's wild i completely <laughs> forgot that that was our catch line
1: <laughs> Yes, I mean, so it's it, it's interesting because chickens are not native to South to the Mesoamerican countries. So this is something that the bats probably figured out. They are quite intelligent, actually. most bats are quite intelligent um, and they probably kind of learned to do this over time. Um, I don't know if it work on say smaller native birds rather than chickens. Also chickens are you know chickens. I love them, but you know.
2: You know, uh while you were talking about <laughs> vampire bats I actually, Google imaged them so that I could look at their cute faces while you were telling me about mm-hmm. them. And I found my favorite picture of one and I'm going to link it to you in the in the Please. Skype window. And what I I think is so magical about these little bats <laughs> is that when they open their mouths, they look like they're smiling. They just look so happy. They it do. Like they have Oh, hug. I have to sh-
1: after this is over, I have to show you some of my favorite vampire bat smile pictures because they do kind of always look very happy. Um, it's just such and a
2: chipper look.
1: I know. And I want to say one more thing about vampire bats. Back to the common vampire bat. Right. Um, first of all, they are among some of the best walkers of the bat world. Uh, I spoke before about so how these bats are strong. Suck. <laughs>
2: hmm? So these are one of the strong
1: bats. They're very strong, and they actually are good at legs, which is rare for bats. Wow. They, they have good legs. An unstoppable um, force. They, um, they kind of relearned how to walk, so they don't walk like any other mammal, and they can also run and jump, but again, when they are running or jumping, they are pushing off not with their legs, but with their um, arms. Yeah. Um, and their legs, um, like all bats, point backwards. Their um, knees are reversed mm-hmm. compared to ours, so if you were sitting with your legs stretched out, the bottoms of their feet would be facing up instead of down
2: mm-hmm.
1: on your back. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so when they walk, their their feet are pointing backwards and it looks very strange and kind of like a little spider. Um, little bat spider.
0: Um,
1: but let me discuss their behavior um, because the common vampire bat is actually one of the best models we have for altruism in animals. Um, they are very, very nice bats. They're like the kind of bat you could bring home to your family. And, and they'd be like, that's a nice bat. Um, they, um... So, vampire bats, because they live only on blood, that's all they... Th- that's all they eat is uh, a- uh, animal blood. Um, or bird blood. Well, birds are animals. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> You're like your a Myth confused again. me. <laughs> um... So, um, they only drink blood, which is not nutritionally the best, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have high, like, it, it's not good for building up fat reserves, basically. Right. It's like, it's there, and they will drink so much in a night that sometimes they can't fly afterwards, because oh, they'll be no. so fat. <laughs> oh. So they'll just be these little bat balls, like, toddling on home after a night them. on the town. Um but um, if so, if they miss more than like a night, if they don't get any blood for more than a night, they will actually starve to death because they just can't build up any fat reserves. Mm-hmm. So their way of combating this is if a bat doesn't get anything to drink um for a night, she will ask her neighbors to throw up some blood for her into her mouth, oh. and it's a beautiful um, natural. <laughs> <laughs> Natural, but ba- well, and it, 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 it's not so much like mouth vomiting as it is like kind of lick. They they'll just lick it out of the other bat's mouth as they regurgitate. It's oh, again, it's beautiful. Um that's romantic. <laughs> yes, and they will have they will have preferred blood donor partners that they will ask, and oh, um, sometimes it's Valentine.
2: multiple.
1: Exactly, except it's mostly females doing this. Um, uh, and uh, they um, if a bat goes too long without donating blood to others though they'll like remember and they'll be like Susan hasn't given any blood lately. Um, Don't give her any blood because she's Whoa. a freeloader. Whoa. <laughs> they have done research on this actually so it's a very, it's what they call reciprocal altruism so like as long as you are helping others they will remember and they will help you back when you need it. So, so it's a very fun. nice system.
2: Oh, I love it.
1: Yes. So I was talking with my mom on the phone earlier today, actually, and she was like, it's it's terrible that they're called vampire bats. And I was like, I know. And I was explaining, you know, some of their behavior. I was like, they're really like the sweetest little bats. Honestly, they'll even adopt like orphaned pups if they find them. Um, and she was like, they should rebrand them. They should call <laughs> them friendship bats instead of vampire bats. And I'm like, you know what? They should. So they're friendship bats. They're, yeah, they're, they are I'm rebranding bats. them. <laughs> uh, no longer vampire, only friendship.
2: Well, the word, the word vampire is actually from the, like the Slavic, uh, mm-hmm. meaning. I think it originally, I think it originally meant
0: like witch.
2: Um, but yeah, they were about, yeah yeah. Since I actually know this about, too. Uh, vampire bats, that's a good segue to get into how did bats become associated with vampires.
1: Please, um, tell me.
2: So like you said, vampire bats only really exist in the New World, uh, quote-unquote the New World, so in Mesoamerica. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to take a trip to the K'iche Mayan civilization uh, and their famous sacred text, the Popol Vuh. Good, good, Uh, good book. So, the Popolva is, uh, like a histor, a collection of historical narrative legends. Um, and it was originally written in Kiche. And, uh, in it, it's basically the story of these two twins, Wanapu and Shibalanke. And if I pronounced those wrong, Please. I'm yeah. so
1: glad you're doing that and not me cuz god <laughs> god knows that there would be a mangle
2: there of words. A mangle. Yeah. There
1: yeah. would be carnage.
2: <laughs> Verbal carnage. <laughs>
1: Verbal carnage.
2: So it's about these two twins, Wan- Wanapu and Shibalanke, and they they travel through Sibalba or Shibalba, which is the the Mayan underworld.
1: I know that because I watched um, On the Road to El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
2: what they, an accurate movie. Yeah, actually, we'll talk a little bit more about El Dorado in a second, because the ball game that they played in that movie. Oh yeah,
1: Florida, the uh, Arma- the cheating armadillo yeah, game. Yeah. So, uh, I actually uh, went to Belize once and saw an ancient Mayan ball court. I really um, want to see one. They look it was really yeah. cool. Um, I hope you're really jealous.
2: I am actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're in Shibalba, and the Shibalbans, one Death and Seven Death, who are like these lords of the underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make the two twins undergo these trials. Um, and actually, I was reading the Populva, like a translation. And it's so fun because the way it's written is like kind of redundant sometimes because they enter the house of cold. It was very cold. And then like wow. three more sentences about how cold it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, they want to get their point across.
2: Uh, and then they enter the house of jaguars. It was full of jaguars. And then they enter the house of bats. It was full of bats. And it was also really? home to the death bat named Kamasot.
1: Hang on, uh, my grandmother's calling me.
2: Oh no. Hold on, one
1: moment. H- hold that bat, pause. I'll
2: pause it, I'll <laughs> fix it. Hello. Are you plugged in?
1: Uh, yes, I've been given orders to uh, clean the microwave when I'm done, but oh. anyway. <laughs>
2: okay. So, uh, Wanapu and Shibalanke are in the house of Kamasot, the death bat. and uh, The death bat. Yes, the death bat. And he has a whole bunch of other bats living with him.
1: So, can you describe what he looks like?
2: Uh, so, it's basically like a giant bat, and he has a blade, and he's kind of anthropomorphized.
1: So, um, he's like a furry.
2: Yeah, he's like a furry. <laughs> um, and he also has, like, all of these normal bats with him. And they're all flying around, terrorizing Wanapu and Shibalanke. So, the two hero twins hide inside their blowguns. To mm-hmm. hide from the yeah, to hide from the bats, and uh, Shivalanke whispers to Wanapu, "Hey, hey, bro- brother, go check and see if it's daytime. Because if it's daytime, then the bats will go to sleep. So Wanapu sticks his head out and doesn't say anything. And Shivalanke is like, "Wanapu, Wanapu, are you there? Is it daytime yet?" Uh, but unfortunately, Wanapu doesn't reply because Kamasut sweeps in and swiftly slices off Wanapu's of head mm, he then takes unfortunate the head, he then takes the head to the ball court <laughs> oh no <laughs> to show one death and seven death like I've been victorious I've I've retrieved the head of the twin and then the gods are victorious and um it was sort of vague about this one translation said that it didn't the other one didn't but one translation basically said like and then they use the head of the ball
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like you're there, you have it, you're in the ball court. What are you going to do?
2: <laughs> do some nasty dunks. Yeah, <laughs> do some
1: sick dunks.
2: So I'm actually going to continue the story, even though that's where Kamasotsu's uh, part in it ends, because I really love this story. Uh, okay. Shivalanke actually summons all the animals to him. And, but not the
1: bats. No, not the bats. Uh, typical.
2: And he says, bring me all of your food. And so this Kawadi comes, and she brings a squash with her. And he says, this is perfect. So he carves some eyes onto the squash and
1: puts them onto his brother's <laughs> neck. Is this how Halloween was made?
2: Uh, I don't know. Um, actually, that has <laughs> Irish origins we'll
1: the I know, there. I know.
2: So, uh... So Wanapu is, like, walking around with a squash on his head now. Oh, so he's, like,
1: he's fine. Yeah. He just has a squash head.
2: He can't talk, though, except during the day. Uh, Uh,
1: But Shibalanke
2: is like, all right, let's go play some ball and get your head back. So they meet (laughs) the Shibalbans on the court, ready, Mm -hmm. with all the animals.
1: Oh, oh, dang! It's going down. It is, is it like this? It's like the finale of Space Jam, basically. Yeah,
2: yes, it is the finale of Space Jam.
1: Uh, <laughs> Everybody, get up! It's time to slam now. Okay, go on. You're a songstress. Did you know
2: that?
1: I am. I'm very good at the song. The Space Jam song. <laughs> continue. Continue.
2: So they they come up with a plan. Uh, Wanapu is not gonna play. He's just gonna stand there and look intimidating, which is not that hard when your head is a squash. And then. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it could go either way.
2: Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then he turns to the rabbit and he's like, rabbit, you're gonna go hide in the tomato patch, and if the ball comes to you, run away. And rabbit's like, got it. And then Shivalanke is like, alright, let's get this game started. So the Shibalbins and the, and the, and the hero twins and the animals are playing. And the ball goes to the tomato patch, so the rabbit runs away, and the Shebaubins goes to chase after the rabbit. So the brothers grab the ball, grab the head, which the Shebaubins abandoned, put it on Wanapu, and then do the nastiest dunk of all time.
1: (laughs) The sickest dunk.
2: (laughs) And they win the game. (laughs) Which it. would
1: be like a side dunk, considering the way that the uh, goals are arranged in Mayan yes. ball courts. But
2: it also should you know. be noted that these balls were made of rubber and they were nine pounds.
1: Yes, they were quite heavy. Oh
2: my goodness gracious, I would have been murdered. Immediately <laughs> well, I mean, well, I
1: mean, possibly yes.
2: <laughs> uh, actually, my favorite thing about this story is that um, it's the entire from what I was able to gather from reading the small section of it, is that it's the tale, like the trials and tribulations of these two brothers undergoing these trials in Shibalba. But the reason they ended up in Shibalba is because their father and his brother were bawling too loud on the court. (laughs) And the Shibalbans were like, hey, knock it off. And then they killed the father and the brother and then buried them in the ball court And then turned the head of the brother, of the father into a squash. And then the squash (laughs) spit some seeds onto some goddesses who were passing by. And then the (laughs) goddesses gave birth to the Mayan hero twins, Wanapu and Chibalanque. And then the two of them found their dad's ball equipment and they were like, sick! And they started bawling too loud. And the chivalry were like, not again. And that's how they ended
1: up in Chivanva. Oh, my God. This is amazing. I have to read this thing. This is like, Jesus, why isn't there a cartoon about this? Disney, Actually, where are you?
2: <laughs> there is an animated version of the Populva, Vuh, uh, animated by Patricia Amlin. And it's 60 minutes long. It was done in 1988. And it's all on YouTube
1: oh my god I have to watch that I have to I love it I love everything that I'm hearing right now um this is very good this is quality um I
2: can't believe that like the two most detailed stories I was able to find out about bats are about like sports games
1: (laughs) I don't know like bats are not your traditional sport mascots so it's very interesting Uh, Did you find anything about how bats were associated with vampires? Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I feel like we got off the vampire track here.
2: Yeah, I actually was so psyched up about the ball game.
1: (laughs) You were so ready to talk about those sick dunks.
2: Yeah, so, uh, like I said, vampire bats only really live in the New World, like we both said. Um, We both did say that. So, Europeans didn't really have this concept of, like, bats that drink blood but they did have concepts of bats as like demons um rude like the finnish actually there's like a folk tale i think it's still held by some finnish people today i'm not sure but i know that like it was widely believed up until like the 1800s that um when a person sleeps their soul leaves their body and becomes a bat
1: Uh, that happens to me yeah
2: Yeah, well, I mean that's that's just your default state.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you're actually just a bat at a keyboard. I mean that's true. I do type with only my little thumbs.
2: Yeah, I've seen it upside down. Um,
1: you've met me, you know.
2: Yeah, well, uh, so the Finnish, uh, the Finnish, along with a lot of other European cultures, believe that bats were the souls of the departed. In fact, there was a uh, a European. What was I going to say? A European poet. Um I think his name was it William Blake. I have it in my notes here somewhere. Yeah, William Blake. Uh he believed that bats were the souls of infidels. Ooh. <laughs> A bat that flits at the close of eve has left the
1: brain that won't believe. So Wow.
2: Checkmate atheist,
1: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> checkmate atheists, y'all is bats. Um
2: so, so they've had like this long association with like the devil. There was like a woman in Ohio in like the nineteen sixties or something who believed that like bats <laughs> were like the product of rodents that ate the the Easter feast. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, there was a, okay I'm in Ohio sorry. in nineteen sixty two, a student nurse of Eastern European extraction, which is a weird term. Uh, um, related that bats are the devil in bat form, in bat form, but also that, uh, bats arose from rodents, uh, yeah, that ate the blessed Easter food. Incredible. Well,
1: wouldn't that make them, like, into, I guess it made them into little mouse angels, although, I must reiterate, bats are not related to rodents. Yes. At all. <laughs> <laughs> They're just... I mean, they're both mammals, but that's, you know, the only connection there. Uh,
2: as far as I can tell, I think that this this association of bats with the devil is only, like, Christian or Judeo-Christian. I mm-hmm. know that in Islam, uh, according to Islamic traditions, uh, and according specifically to Shia hadith, uh, bats are praised as a miracle of nature.
1: Well, um, finally...
2: Yeah, finally. They They are. There's actually one source that I saw. It was written in Arabic, but there was another source that was written in English that referenced it. If you speak Arabic and you want to help me with that, (laughs) uh, I would appreciate it. But there was one Shia narration that said that Jesus uh, was asked by the unfaithful to create a bat out of clay and put a spirit into it uh, because bats are more wonderful than the rest of creation.
1: Wow, you know what? I I appreciate this. I'm really liking this. This is some good stuff, finally.
2: I think it might actually, one source actually did say, because there were two sources that said this, and one of them did mention that it might be because they, uh, uh, Jesus was in a cave and he needed to fast to observe Ramadan. And because he was in a cave, he couldn't see whether it was day or night, so he created a bat out of clay and sent it out. Um... And so he knew that when the bat was out, it was nighttime. But when it came back, it was daytime. So he could tell when he could uh, break his fast.
1: Good job, Jesus. Yeah. Y- yeah.
2: Thanks. I feel kind of bad that the only thing I could find in Islam about bats was related to Jesus. <laughs> but,
1: well, you know, he's part of the part of the narrative too uh, for them. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, he's another prophet, right?
2: Uh, I want to say yes. But I, I don't think he's, like, recognized as, like, a major prophet, probably. Well, no, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and for Jews, he's just, like, who? yeah, he's just, yeah
2: um, Jesus who?
1: <laughs> Joshua who? Uh,
2: I did find one source that said that bats were Persephone's sacred animal. Um, actually, a whole bunch, but I could only find one that seemed, like, really, like, a reliable source that said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, uh, since late antiquity, people have been associating bats with being like weird parodies of humans. Linnaeus, <laughs> uh, do you know Linnaeus? Like the yes, I,
1: I do I know him.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: personally, he's he's been doing great things lately.
2: He uh, he identified bats, as you said, as one of the few mammals to have breast nipples for suckling their youth. Uh, so so he- do elephants, actually. Yeah. So he classified them as near humans. Uh, and then they also had like their pointy. You again ears. have that
1: primate connect. Like they used to really think they have, um, especially pteropoded bats, the flying fox group. They have a lot of similar features to primates, and they behave a lot like primates, aside from the flying. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Fun. But yeah, but,
2: like, their oh, social
1: structure is a lot p- very primatey.
2: Um. Yeah. So then, that's how bats figure into European culture as far as bloodsuckers go, uh, bloodsucking ghouls generally appear in every culture across the world, mm-hmm. from like China to India. But and then you like, have
1: those like floating intestine heads from... Um, pardon? Isn't that from the Philippines? They have like the woman's head comes off and her intestines are all dangling and she goes and sucks blood. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. And it's a woman horrifying. If you're from the
2: Philippines and you have a floating head... Let us know. <laughs>
1: Call in one 777 That's wild. <laughs> That's too many numbers.
2: <laughs> uh, but uh, as far as like uh, bloodsuckers, there there's a uh, folklore from India and Roma traditions that uh, there are bloodsuckers that have the ability to transform, and yeah. usually it's that they can turn into like different animals into fruit. You wrote a story about a I did, film. yes,
1: and a lot of, yeah, so they could turn into things like I
2: saw the breath mouth. of
1: wind or something, or, like, not necessarily animals, but, yeah, bats were included because, you know, bats, ooh, they're at night, they yeah. fly, scary, um, and I do know that in some medieval bestiaries, they are listed as birds, um, because... And I I was reading one, this wasn't related to research for this show, but I was reading one where it was like, and they hang like little bunches of grapes and they're birds. I love that. It's beautiful. (laughs) I love it too. And then it was like, also geese are barnacles. So, you know, it was really good. I love
2: that. I saw one source that they could turn into watermelon,
1: which I love. Bats?
2: (laughs) No, not bats. Okay, because...
1: <laughs> just you know, have a tasty melon. Uh,
2: as far as blood suckers that are like people, like there's the uh, She of Scotland,
1: who mm-hmm. a beautiful
2: woman that drank blood the in screamers. order to maintain their beauty. Um, but around the 1800s, we get this explosion of vampire stories, like structured. just a vampire
1: Renaissance.
2: Yeah, sort of like a vampire renaissance. There's uh, Camilla, which is about a lonely lesbian vampire.
1: Love her. Love her work.
2: Sheridan Le Fanu. Uh, Maybe that's pronounced with a French accent, but I'm so bad at French accents. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, There's also John Polidori's The Vampire, which was written while Polidori was hanging out with Mary Shelley while she was writing Frankenstein, so that's fun. Uh, But... It's not until Bram, Stro- Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1897 that we get to bats being able to turn wait vampires being able <laughs> to turn into flip bats. them flip them Thank you Bram Stoker uh and I guess the motif just stuck uh because of Yeah the, the motif Yeah uh, so it was all thanks to Bram Stoker.
1: Yeah, he he was the one who did like oh uh, well. I guess they can't cross running water was the thing before him, but then he did the whole like, and we need boxes of grave dirt to yeah, travel, yeah, yeah. yo. That was all him. <laughs> uh,
2: he also said that they could turn into wolves and like mists. Uh, yeah, mists. That's, that's what I was thinking. I guess that's yeah. just stuck because they were the most visually compelling because they have this long history of being associated with like the night, the devil. And spirits of the departed, and also at that time Europeans were now aware of the fact that there are va- there are vampire bats. There are bats that yes. drink blood.
1: I think you mean friendship bats,
2: though. That's true. Friendship bats. Friendship bats. I misspoke. <laughs> uh, if anyone is curious in hearing more about Bram Stoker's Dracula and the inspiration for it, there is a podcast called Lore. Uh, it's narrated by Aaron Mankey, and episode one is all about um, a tonic made from like. The, the disintegrated, like, remains of some guy's sibling that he had to drink uh, because they believed she was a vampire sucking out his life. It's a really cool story. Um, uh, that yeah, supposedly sounds, also um, inspired Dracula.
1: Really good. Sounds really good.
2: <clears throat> so that's all I got really on Bats. And we're also pushing it like an hour already, although there is that part where you had to go talk to your grandma.
1: Yes, my my grandmother had had some words for me about um, the microwave. About the microwave, yes. <laughs> um, let me think. Is there any any um, any conclusion about bats we want to draw from all this? Uh, it's that
2: bats are good friends.
1: They are very good friends. And they
2: are um, very strong. They are strong friends, and they will protect.
1: Them. They are. They are quite intelligent. Um, they have long lives for for their size. Actually, they have. Uh, if you compare, cause there's um, basically usually the bigger an animal uh, animal species is, a mammal species I should say, the longer it lives. Like elephants have long lives, um, compared to like mice who live like two years. Right. Um, but bats kind of break this rule, and they tend to have very long lives. Um, the longest lived bat known was forty something. Uh, which is, if you compare the ratio of body size to life, by that ratio that is a longer life than a human um, would have of the same size. Um,
2: How long did it live?
1: Uh, 40-something years, I can't remember the exact.
2: Jesus, crustable.
1: I know. Um, and even, even the, um, the bats that don't live as long are still living like 10-15 years, which is a lot for a mammal that could be like the size of your thumb. Uh, most bats are quite small um and they have there's really interesting stuff about their longevity interesting research that's happening right now like for instance they don't get cancer um we're trying to figure out why they don't um they don't experience the same effects of aging as we do like they don't uh, their DNA basically doesn't degrade the same way it does in us as we grow older. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff that bats do. Um, and they're very good at, because many of them hibernate, they're very good at actually controlling their body's physiological responses to stuff. Um, so it's, it's, they're really fascinating little critters. And like I said, they are quite intelligent um, free-tailed bats. Uh, and a lot of other species actually have vocal learning, like birds. Um, so they will learn different songs, and male free-tailed bats will tailor their songs to, you know, woo the lady bats. I love it. Um, so you good. have other bats who, like hammerhead bats, have huge noses that they buzz and honk uh, <laughs> for, for the ladies. Um, others awesome. have... Like cool fur hats, kind of like a cockatoo. There is like a bat, chapin's free-tailed bat, that kind of has a cockatoo crest. Um, others have gross, smelly wing sacs, and they will fan their wings at the females. and And um, other bats are monogamous, like the spectral bats. It, it it's amazingly diverse, amazingly cool critters. Uh, hashtag that's wild. Um, yeah, no, I was just about to say. <laughs> Stole it from me. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so, you know, go out there and love a bat. They are they are very cool. They play an important role in the ecosystem. They eat bugs, so they're They great do, and book. they don't deserve the bad rap that they uh, get. And newsflash, they will not get caught in your hair. That's not going to happen. I've been surrounded by hundreds of bats, and not a one has gotten caught in my hair. I think famed bat scientist Merlin Tuttle actually stood in a tiny room full of bats and tried to get them to get caught in his hair. It didn't happen. They're very good at what they do, which is flying and screaming at night, um, sometimes through their noses or sometimes through their mouths. Uh, they are not going to get caught in your hair. I wish people would stop telling me that they do.
2: <laughs> so a so quick recap before we say goodbye. Bats are mm-hmm. strong. Very strong. Very strong. Uh, long, long lived. Very long. Don't uh, don't get cancer. (laughs) Don't love ball games.
1: Love ball games.
2: Ball is life. Very friendly.
1: Ball is life. Um, actually, one more bat fact. Hashtag bat (laughs) fact.
2: Before
1: we go, um, they have now done a study that shows that statistically, the uh, larger a bat's balls are, the smaller the brain. There you go. That's Insane a great uh capper.
2: Insanely small. And testicles. some
1: bats have testicles up to ten percent of their body weight.
2: Whoa. That's That's wild. right.
1: Ball is love. Ball, Ball is, is life. life.
2: <laughs> uh I think we got a title for yeah.
1: this episode. <laughs> oh god.
2: <laughs> uh so that's it for this week. Uh we don't know when this the week. next episode will happen or what it'll be on. Uh but as far as this one goes, uh when I post it after I've edited Helen back. We're going to include all of our sources so you can go through and meticulously grade us.
1: And like back, complain. Send send your comments to www.madelinesemail.net. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh,
2: send all complaints to uh, at Ted Cruz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Send all complaints to whitehouse.gov.
2: Yeah, I'm just stealing that from
1: Jordan Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Send all complaints to your local politician.
1: Yes. Send all complaints to um a small bat. No. Uh, n- don't do that. Don't they do don't that. deserve that. They've had a rough enough time. I mean, come on.
2: This is the longest sign-off
1: we've <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> yeah, okay, bye.
2: Bye, everyone. We love you. I love you.
1: you. Friendly bats. Friendship bats.
0: thank you for listening to our podcast if you made it this far i love you also i want to give a real quick shout out to my friend zappa johns he did a great job helping me make the best of some poor quality audio and he also produced our theme song you can find more of his music on a soundcloud thpock at t-h-p-o-c-k on soundcloud And also check out the other show he produces at Poetry Slowdown. As far as contacting us goes, if you want to reach out to us, we have a cool email address at thatswildpodcast at gmail.com. And we encourage you to send us anything you would think we would be interested in. Or tell us that our show is terrible. Or tell us that some cool animal stopped by and visited you today. We want to hear all of it. All right. Thank you so much again. We'll see you next week, hopefully, with a brand new show about a cool new animal. Bye.